get to today's top stories. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dana. Well, we're still learning more and more, it seems, almost every day about this Wander Franco case, uh, especially as it relates to the legal uh, mechanism down yeah. in the Dominican Republic, which is quite a bit different uh, than what it is here in the United States. For example, uh, this was happened on Friday. The judge basically conditionally released Franco, uh, but he has to have monthly meetings with authorities and put a deposit of two million Dominican pesos, which works out to about thirty four thousand dollars during the ongoing investigation. Now, whether that means he might someday be able to return to Tropicana Field, I I don't know. I doubt at this it. point. I, don't I doubt it. Think but that's yeah. happening. I don't think it is either. But we're also finding out a little bit more. And the more we find out, it seems, the more sordid this gets. Right. This involves the mother of the young girl that Franco is accused of having a relationship with. And it was uh, based on a tip and claims that Franco took the minor from her home, had a four-month relationship, and paid her mother, and then inclu- also gave her a car. Yeah. So and they, to enable the relationship. And then I guess Franco's mother also paid the mother of the minor. So the minor's mother is is basically pimping out yeah. her daughter. That's and she's 14, what it looks like. right? She's 14. 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. That, yeah. that's that is what it looks like that she's pimping out her daughter and the, yeah so. the, the mother and then for his mother to also be condoning it and mm-hmm. trying to help him cover it up yeah over the weekend uh on my national program i Heart radio communities i talked to um the head of redefining refuge an organization dealing with human trafficking here in the tampa bay area and she uh was saying we were just talking about this um off the air uh, she was saying that this situation, this is a lot of times what you see when it comes to human trafficking. It's not like the movie Taken, you know, with Liam Neeson, where all of a sudden, you know, you've got somebody who is like kidnapped and then they're put in this ring of, you know, um, of uh, sex slaves or something like that, that uh, in a lot of cases, it's the parents. Yeah. And you know, I, I was shocked to learn that when I started working with a foster care charity a couple of years ago, I was shocked to learn that, too, that there are a lot of kids that get removed from their homes because their parents are pimping them out yeah yeah yeah. i just want to say we managed to uh continue that conversation it's a very serious topic and i didn't want to stop midway through uh while the power just completely went out yeah we're we're sitting here in the dark for a good minute i i was amazed how you just you just kept going and you didn't even blink an eye so to speak happy Uh, monday but, but back to wander franco he does allege that the accusations are an extortion scheme uh to this point authorities have seized money uh car and property related to the case so I think the only reason that he's still part of the Tampa Bay Rays organization is because uh, with the Players Association and all of that, uh, they got to let this thing play out. Uh, I just think uh, as soon as they can cut bait with him, they're going to have that's, to. And I That's think, a very good point. Yeah. Their voice has yet to be heard in this mm-hmm. whole thing. I think that's why. And I think they'll be able to recoup the money that they uh, doled out to Wanda Franco, which was a huge contract. And the Rays don't give out big contracts very often. That's how special of a player he was and had the potential to be. It's just uh, 
whole thing. He, he, I believe he dropped out of school as something like 13 or 14 yeah. to go into a very elite baseball academy mm-hmm. in the Dominican Republic. That's how, again, that's how good he was. Right. Uh, three individuals from Polk County, including Jonathan Pollock. You may remember this guy has been on the run for several years after the January 6th riot at the uh, U.S. Capitol in uh, 2021. He, his sister Olivia, and Joseph Hutchinson III were arrested over the weekend at a ranch in Groveland, which is in Lake County. They have a court date later today in federal court in Ocala. Very interesting, but probably nothing more than a coincidence that they were arrested on Saturday, which was the third anniversary of the riot at the Capitol. Boy, it feels like they've already done some time. They've on a ranch in Groveland. (laughs) That couldn't have been very much fun. Okay. Uh, Now, Jonathan Pollock, of course, has been kind of on the run for nearly three years. Olivia Pollock and Hutchinson were taken into custody, and they were supposed to go to trial, but kind of vanished into thin air after removing uh, electronic ankle monitors, uh, which was required for their release. What did so, they think? Did they think they were going to uh, be on the run forever? I mean, that eventually they weren't going to get caught. Uh, come on. I know. Yeah. So there's been about 100 people uh, arrested over the last three years who are from Florida. And that, of course, uh, is the most from any state. Yeah. All right. Well, we got that award. Yep. U.S. Supreme Court will hear former President Trump's appeal against Colorado's decision to remove him from the 2024 ballot. That's no surprise. Uh, the court, of course, invoked, invoked the 14th Amendment insurrection clause, linking it to uh, Trump's actions during the January 6th Capitol riot, before and during the riot. So the court will hear oral arguments on February 8th, which coincides with Nevada's. GOP presidential caucus. Uh, Colorado Supreme Court ruled Trump ineligible for the state's ballots. Uh, the decision was stayed until January 4th for further appellate proceedings. I don't think this particular case has anything to do with the Maine ruling, no, which no, was just one, the Secretary of State in Maine. Yeah. This is, this is strictly Colorado. Right. The Maine situation is egregious just because the, the idea that a Secretary of State can just take a candidate off the ballot like that is just it's insane uh the colorado case is a little bit different because this was a supreme court decision um if you go through the arguments and stuff like that it's actually pretty interesting although i disagree with the ultimate decision that they came to and i don't think there's any question that uh, the supreme court is going to put trump back on the ballot in colorado the question is going to be what is the vote? Is it five to four? Is it, uh, you know, seven to two? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we looking at in terms of the Supreme Court's ultimate ruling? Um, but that's why, you know, look, what's happening here is is outrageous. I can understand people being angry about it. But at the end of the day, he's going to be on the ballot in Colorado. Oh, and I, I, I agree because I don't think the court is going to, no. to come up with an overriding definition of what insurrection no. is, which is something that is not contained in the 14th Amendment. Right. And uh, and if Trump is on the ballot in Colorado, I think he likely loses Colorado. I mean, Colorado's become a bluer state. It's not impossible that a Republican can win that state, but it's not likely either. It's not necessarily a swing state. So the whole thing has been a lot of... You know, a lot of hysteria and all of that, and I think it's just going to play out 
Like I said. I think so. All right, yep, Reed Shepard with today's top stories. Reed, thanks so much. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to you later. All right. Well, it was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. No. In fact, it's one of the ugliest games I ever saw. It really was. However, the Buccaneers did what they needed to do. Three field goals from Chase McLaughlin. A 9 to nothing win over the Carolina Panthers yesterday. And as such, for the third straight year, they win the NFC South. They are in the playoffs for the fourth straight year. And we'll play the Philadelphia Eagles next Monday at 8 p.m. And, of course, you can hear all the action on our sister station, 98 Rock. It was an extremely boring game. It was a bad game. But Bucks, they did what they needed to do. I think this is a very lucky team. Oh, boy. The fact that wow. they got the Carolina Panthers as the final game of the season, the worst team in the NFL, that was the team they needed to beat to get into the playoffs if it had been just about anybody else yesterday. I'm not sure they would have pulled that one out. And for their first-round matchup, they get Philadelphia Eagles, which, out of all the teams heading into the playoffs, might be playing the worst. <laughs> so, Bucks a little lucky right now, but look, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. And uh, it has been a, a great run for the organization. Uh, four straight trips to the playoffs, three NFC South titles, and... There were not many people, me included, who thought that they would be where they oh, are no. today I, at the beginning of the season. I saw some people that were predicting, you know, records like you know three and fourteen or yeah. four and you know something something like that. But you know, you're talking about the, the Bucks being lucky. I mean, Carolina they fumbled at the goal line. They had a touchdown called back mm-hmm. because of a. Stupid penalty. Yeah, you know they're a bad team. They do what bad teams do. They hurt themselves, and that uh, so. that helped the Bucks. Obviously, Baker Mayfield not a hundred percent. He didn't he didn't look good um, yesterday, and and I mean that both his play wasn't great, but also physically uh, he had the ribs going into the game, and then the ankle issue. Oh, uh, you could see him limping yeah. off the field on more than one occasion. Right. So you've got a banged up uh, Bucks team, and then uh, the Eagles. They're pretty banged up too. Hopefully, at least Baker Mayfield can get healthy for that. What's going to be a Monday night football game, which I'm not thrilled about because it's going to be on late. I'm not going to be able to watch the whole thing, or if I do, I'm just not going to have any sleep. That's probably what will end up happening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, have to get it's up be so a late early. game. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, yesterday was important for him personally because there's a million dollars at stake. You got a million dollar bonus for making the postseason. Ka-ching! Yeah. And that's what's interesting about the last week of the season for some teams, including teams that are out of it, that really don't have all that to play for. There are a lot of personal incentives mm-hmm. in terms oh, of yeah. yardage and, you know, touchdowns and different things like that. So Baker Mayfield, uh, he gutted it out. I think he's been a very pleasant surprise this season for the Bucks. Really like him. Um, and I think it's fine that he'll be the quarterback moving forward. It seems like that's going to be the case. I'm still not convinced that this coaching staff is... Uh, I'm uh, going to go out on a limb and say that they're going to offer Mayfield a contract extension, thinking two years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's earned it. Yeah, I he think so, too. He has definitely earned it. Yep, yep. And, a lot uh, of people weren't sure what they were right. going to get with mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield because of his record in Carolina last year. Yeah. But he has... I think he has proven himself to be... 
if not an elite quarterback, he's proven himself to be a very, very good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback that obviously you can get to the playoffs with, and I think you can go pretty far in the playoffs with him. I don't think they're going to go very far this year, but I think you could if you had a better team and a better coaching staff. So yeah, Sooner or later, they would run into the 49ers or the yeah. Lions or somebody like that. Yep. Well, the uh, legislative session begins tomorrow, and a lot of the question is, okay, what kind of a session is it going to be with Governor DeSantis and a lot of his focus on the national, excuse me, on the national uh, stage mm-hmm. running for president. And the answer seems to be that it may well be a very quiet session. Yeah, with, I think lawmakers are going to kind of something else. Yeah, they're going to do their thing behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, and I think you're going to have leadership try to get some of their priorities done. Usually you have DeSantis um, driving, you know, the big initiatives for a legislative session. At least that's been the case the past couple of years. Might not be that way, although... Let's be honest. Look, I know DeSantis pushed back on those reports that he was going to drop out if he if he lost the Iowa caucuses. Um, if he doesn't come in second place in Iowa, I don't see why you would stay in because he's going to get clobbered in New Hampshire and he's not going to do much better in, in South Carolina. I mean, it's just it's there's no reason for him to stay in the race if he doesn't at least come in second in Iowa. Yeah. So he might be back in Tallahassee sooner than some lawmakers would like. I think that... Uh one thing that he says, he said in late December that he's delivered on 100% of what he promised statewide in Florida. So right now, at least, uh, there are fewer bills that have been introduced by yeah. a substantial amount mm-hmm. from both the House and Senate. Uh, we're hearing about one this morning that uh, would, if if passed, uh, lower the age for buying a gun from 21 to 18. Right. That was put into effect following the Parkland school shooting where they raised the age. Right. Uh, I always thought might take on that. Well, look, there are two ways, I think, to look at that issue from a constitutional standpoint. I'm not sure that I, I still don't necessarily think that um, that putting the age at 21 is constitutional. Um, but, you know, if you don't think 18 year olds are responsible enough to do something like drink right uh you know uh, to handle a firearm uh but then again we send them overseas to handle firearms in war uh yeah this is uh, i i don't think it's as clear cut that issue but it passed uh bipartisan support for it after the parkland school shooting and i don't know that that one goes anywhere i don't know oh we've also got a coalition of abortion rights supporters uh, they have gathered enough signatures to put a referendum yeah. on next year's ballot. However, the battle for this is not complete yet because the uh, state Supreme Court has until April to decide whether or not to approve the language. And Attorney General Ashley Moody has filed a brief uh, to reject the amendment, of saying that the term viability is an attempt to deceive voters. So what you're talking, the language in question is, no law should prohibit, penalize, delay, or restrict abortion before viability or when necessary for the patient's health. And Moody is saying that the word viability is deceptive. Well, it is a little ambiguous. I mean, Ashley Moody doesn't like any of these ballot initiatives. She's been fighting against all of them. I think, honestly, I think if they had gone 15 weeks and put that on the ballot and tried to get that on the ballot and were successful in that attempt. I think that's something that would pass here in Florida. Um, this one, though, if it does get on the ballot, even as written, and I don't know that it will, um, that could be a big, big game changer for the 2024 election. Enough to 
really bring Democrats back in this state that, uh, you know, well, it would need 60 percent. Yeah. But just having it on the ballot in terms of the energy that it might create from Democrats to get people to turn out where they've had a problem, um, you know, going up against Republicans. They have a much better organization uh, here in the state. I think it would have an impact on the election enough to really shake up the state, though. Uh, Not so sure about that. All right. Reed Shepard with today's top stories. Reed, thanks so much. Thank you. The Ryan Gorman Show, 5 to 9, every weekday morning on News Radio WFLA.